Before we begin, if you like what you hear on the Tin and J-Man Show, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We encourage you to interact with us and keep up to date with the Tin and J-Man Show on social media by liking our Facebook page and following us on Twitter and Instagram at Tin and J-Man Show. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Tin and J-Man Show with your hosts Tanner Lee and Josh the J-Man Mont. Welcome back to another. I need. I really need to get a new opening. Welcome back to another edition of the Tan and J Man Show, episode one eighty five. Tannerly here with Josh the J Man Month. J Man, how's it going, J Man? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Did you watch the uh, SpaceX rocket launch? No, not live, but I watched it live. Pretty cool stuff. Groundbreaking, historical. Took them, I think, eighteen hours to get up to the. International Space Station. Elon Musk, man. Something it's else. Incredible. Something else. Smarter than us. It's June first already. Yes. We're and, almost uh, to the halfway point of twenty twenty being over. Get this year over with. Yes. Quickly. Good way to put it. It's not been a fun year, especially uh sports considering sports too. Um it's been tough for us to produce episodes, but we're here and still trying our best. Mm-hmm. Trying to provide some entertainment for you. Our best isn't very good, so we apologize. Yes, good way to put it. But the Tan and J-Man Show is sponsored like it is every week by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitou that focuses on freshness and quality. And, of course, you got The Damn Smoke. Every Friday and Saturday, you got barbecue, you got ribs, you got steaks, you got all the good stuff. And in addition to that, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking them fantastic views of Lake Manitou and their beer garden or outdoor bar area that was crowded when I drove by this weekend. Uh, whether it be by boat or wheels, the Dam Landing is the place to be located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Their phone number is 574-223-8950. No, I have not. <laughs> you already answered my question. Yes. You knew it was coming. <laughs> Maybe this weekend. The Maybe this smoke. weekend is the one. Maybe Friday. Maybe. So, got a trivia question for you. Hopefully it's one to know. Um... So, on this trivia question, at the end of the show, I'll give you one guess, a free guess of it. And if you don't get it right, then I'll give you a clue, and you'll still get a birdie if you get it right after that. Okay. So, only one player had an over 500 record in the NBA. Sorry, this is an NBA question. One player had an over 500 record against Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James. Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups is correct. You want another one? Yeah, I already saw that. Did you that see was, that? Crap! That was my question for you next week. Crapes! I could have been cool and played that off uh-huh. and guessed at the end, but Crap. Like, that's not fair. I think that's see, the first time that's happened. Second, Second time that's one, happened. Yeah, but I could have played happened. that off like you would have. You would have totally played that off. I would not have. Yes, you would have. I would yes, not would've. have. I absolutely would not have. To the Tana J-Man show, I, have integrity. I wanted to be true. And I want to be fair. One more. If you get this one right, right away, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> there have in the another NBA question. I'll clarify that. There have only been two rookie All Stars since 2000. Can you name them? 
I'll have to think about this one. I don't know off the top of my head. Awesome. Man, I was so looking forward to stomping you with that Billups one. I was even thinking today, he's going to ask me the rooted up he's for ask me. me the Chauncey Billups question, didn't he? A lot of an- or a lot of answers I saw were like Tim Duncan because it was a trivia question somebody posed. I think it was ESPN stats and info yes. on um, well the tweeter, and a lot of people guessed Tim Duncan, which is a good guess, but he didn't. For a future reference, just to help you out, if it's anything to do with any past former Denver athlete, I've probably seen it on my Twitter because I follow so many. Denver sports accounts. You know, I only think of him and as he played a at CU. Pit. Oh, see, there you go. And I only then, think of him yeah. as a piston. And then the Nuggets, but CU, yeah. <clears throat> so just, just to help you out for future reference. See, I'm being fair. I'm a fair guy. I, I appreciate that. Um, it still upsets me deeply. Yes. Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC, fresh, locally grown, nutrient dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblenomellc.com. They were at Kosciuszko County Farmers Market again uh, last week, and I yep. assume they'll be there this week as I'm well. Assuming, I'm assuming so. That's probably a pretty um, good assumption. They have had lettuce heads, salad mix, radishes, carrots, kale, rhubarb, and asparagus. So, get your veggies. Yeah, I wasn't saying it. I'm not stealing. That's your uh, line, man. I'm not stealing your line. I want to say you stole it one time. Yeah, and it was awful. I, it I, was I awful. It, didn't, it just wasn't nearly as good. I as, haven't mastered uh, it. The way like the I J-Man. do it. You can't master the J-Man's talents. I have very few talents, and they're uh, very little substance as well. I will say, I have to brag about, about one of your talents for a second here. I can burp on command. You That's, know that one? That'll pick up the ladies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I did not know that. But the one I was going to talk about was Friday night, you were over at my house, and you had me turn it to the Marquee Sports Network because ah, they're doing a miss. Do they do yeah. it every night or is it just? I think it's been every weeknight they do like a mystery, mystery game. game, which you do, they don't advertise it ahead of time. You got to watch it to figure out what game they're playing. And it was the first inning of a White Sox Cub game. I don't even know what year. And Josh rattled off the final score and three or four Cubs who hit home runs. And I just looked at him in amazement. I'm like, how can you do that? He goes, I remember that White Sox pitcher pitching that game. Anthony Renato, um, Cubs were getting no hit into the sixth. And then I believe Chris Bryant hit a homer to tie it. Javi Baez hit a homer in the seventh to give him a 3-1 lead. And then um, Addison Russell hit a grand slam to go up 7-1. And another notable thing is that was ended up being Araldis Chapman's Cub debut that night, I believe. So I'm not going to put it past you. I'm not even going to fact check it because I just Pretty want sure. to be. Because it wasn't a safe spot he came in. I want to say they were up like six runs, and it would have been 7-1. Oh, man, so. that's, you got a, you got a crazy memory. I look forward to that game every single weeknight just to see what it is, and I rarely I rarely watch it, well, but uh, it's more fun well, to and, anticipate. And, you know, I was even thinking, well, you know, it's the White Sox. It's interleague action. Maybe that's why he remembers, but then I'm like, nah. no. It could be against the Brewers, who they play a million times a year, and he would still know every single detail about the game. Yes, I saw Jason Hamill on the mound one time. And one of the marquee mystery games, like, oh, this is the game that uh, Rizzo climbed up on the tarp and made a catch. I was I was uh, proud of myself. It's going to serve you well one of these days, somehow. I don't know how. I don't know how either. But um, one of these days. Maybe, maybe I'll be like Howie Schwab and get a stump to Schwab. Um, I, I love that show so much. You know, my dad was kind of supposed I to be on that remember show. That. No, no, no. It wasn't that show. It wasn't stump to Schwab. It was, it was the... There's an old ESPN one. 
He might have to text me the name of it. It was something about a minute. Hmm. I don't know. But they wanted to be in New York like the next day. I do remember he you couldn't. saying, for some reason I was thinking you were saying it was uh, Stump the Schwab. I used to watch that. Yeah, but there was some show on ESPN that they, he, he applied to be on. and They put a, they, when we were like in high school, in the summers, they'd have him like on ESPN U or ESPN News like every single day. I'd watch like eight episodes and try to stump him. Rarely did I stump him. Yeah, he was pretty good. Now he really doesn't do much. No, you don't see him too often. I think he's affiliated with Fox Sports mm-hmm. now or something. So, you ready for some on this day? Let's hear it. Learn about facts that has happened throughout the history of sports on June 1st. Uh, on this day in uh, 1918, the Chicago White Sox lost to the New York Yankees 5-4. to four, But they had the bases loaded in ninth inning with, with no outs. And Chick Gandel mm-hmm. lined to Frank Baker, who turned a rare game-winning triple play. Triple play. Chick uh, Gandel was one of the guys busted in the... Um in the Black Sox mm-hmm. scandal, he was played. I forget who he was played by. I'm going to go look it up real quick, but uh, keep going. On this day in 1923, the New York Giants routed the Philadelphia Phillies 22-5 to at the Baker Bowl. It was the first time in the 20th century a MLB team had scored in every inning. Wow. wonder if it's happened since. I don't know. Chick Gandell was played by Michael Rooker. Okay. Movie. Eight men out. Sorry. On this day, 1925, future New York Yankee Hall of Famer Lou Gehrig, he pinch hit during a 5-3 to loss to Washington. That was the first of his record 2,130 consecutive games. He did have the record till old Cal Ripken came Yes, I was going to say, a record at the time. Does Lou Gehrig have the greatest speech of all time of a professional athlete? I would say so. Mm-hmm. Probably Lucky, most Luckiest notable. man in the world. Consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. On this day in 1939, the first night MLB game took place at Philadelphia's Shrive Park as the Phillies lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates by a score of 5-2. to two. I used to play at that park all the time on MVP Baseball 2005. <laughs> How does that not surprise me that you knew? I'm like, Shrive Park, I've never heard of it. but uh, All the time, I loved it. I'm really glad you are a walking encyclopedia of baseball knowledge for Fulton County because we're going to need it here when we talk about baseball. On this day, 1975, California Angels pitcher Nolan Ryan recorded his record equaling fourth MLB career no-hitter in a 1-0 win over the Baltimore Orioles. Not too shabby. (laughs) My favorite clip of all time was when Robin Ventura charged the mound, put him in a headlock, started to start pounding on top of his head. Yep. On this day, 1979, an NBA champion was crowned. 1979. Can you tell me who beat the Washington Bullets? Had a question last week and on this day. So I'm they giving beat you the one Washington team. Bullets. I'm giving you one uh, so it's a Western team. Yep. 79, 79, 79. I believe that was the year Magic Johnson played and won the title for Michigan State. So he wouldn't have been with the Lakers. That was, was coming full circle. His um, wheels are turning in the brain. Mm, that's just scary. Um, let's see. Akeem Olajuwon wasn't with the Rockets yet. Um. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Kings. Have they ever won a title? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but no. It was the Seattle Supersonics. They beat them in a 4-1 series victory. That was Seattle's first major pro sports championship win. Bring them back. Yes. Should have never left. On this day, 1982, Oakland A's left fielder Ricky Henderson stole two bases in a 3-2 win over the Boston Red Sox to become the fastest player to reach 50 stolen bases in an MLB season. 
June 1st. That's insane. He, he was pretty good at that. You don't see too many people get 50 steals in a season anymore. Uh, who won the Stanley Cup in 1992 on this day? 92? They uh, beat the Blackhawks. Um, was that the last time a Canadian team has been in the... Uh, I was 93 with the Canadians, Close. I guess, um, which is crazy. So the Blackhawks are in the West, which is weird to me. Yes. And, and I didn't um, know they were good in 92. I thought they were terrible. Yeah, I thought they were awful until like 2010. Two-minute drill was the show my dad Two was supposed to be drill. I don't remember it. Um, By the way. Let's see. I'm going to go with the New York Islanders. Good guess. How about the Pittsburgh Penguins, their second consecutive title? Have the Penguins won like? 20 of the last it feels like 20, it doesn't it or 20 of the last 28 they just get good i mean Sidney crosby yammer yager back in the day mario lemieux they just get good players they're a powerhouse yeah well once in a while they're, they're either really good or really bad there's like no in between um two minute drill ran for three seasons starting in 2000 um it only lasted over a year though september 11th 2000 um was the first episode? Then December twenty eighth, two thousand one. Well, was the I remember final they always episode. asked their two con- episodes. They always asked their contestants for one category that was mm. like their best. My dad said eighty five bears. Ah, that was back when was he a Bears fan still in two thousand? Was he? Yeah. Kenny Maine was the host. That would have been fun. Yeah. That's all I got for on this day this week. It's kind of a week on this day. Yeah, but you should feel smarter. I do. Um, it's hard to feel smarter. I think my IQ level is at about the highest it's ever been and i just don't see it getting any higher i'm glad i contributed um, to that after so. uh tonight in uh, the uh, on this day segment is brought to you by proforma print house if you're looking for a trustworthy dependable resource for your next trade show company picnic or sales meeting proforma print house has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print they strive for fast and efficient response to all of your print needs you need to look no further let them be your one source print and promotional company. Call them today at 574-210-3815. Print some stuff. Is that good? Not not as good as the veggie one? That was just terrible. Ugh. That was just you historically know, I was, bad. I was just trying to workshop an idea, and it just didn't go well. Something. I thought you were going to just say, print. Like, would that have been better? Yeah, probably, sadly. Um, I mean, that, was, that would have been bad, too. You got to work no. on that. They that's, probably do have a slogan, here. though. Just, so. That's a good point. We yeah. should probably uh, say their slogan. Probably. Probably look it up for next week. Um, I apologize to, <laughs> any, to anyone I offended up there. <laughs> hey, hey, one thing the pandemic has done is Josh's creative juices are flowing for the show. So, Yeah. Um, that and getting a new computer. Getting a new computer helped. Yeah. Uh, He's got notes now. That old stimulus check came in handy. Yes. Yes. So. Well, um, you know, we always have lists to talk about, things like that. I'm sick of doing lists. Yeah, I, and I think our listeners and viewers are probably a little sick mm-hmm. of our lists. Um, but we always got them if we need filler. I do have about five in the holster, though, <laughs> if we need them. We got them in the can if we need them. But uh, there has been some sports news going on lately, particularly in your the sport you love the most, baseball. Major League Baseball. Oh. Let our viewers and listeners kind of catch them up to speed and catch me up to speed because I'm really uh, not sure what's been going on. So I wrote down quite a few things here. Um, so the players and owners back in like March originally agreed to a sort of gentleman's agreement on uh, full prorated salaries uh, for the season. So if you play. And what is prorated salary? So like? 
this is as good of a, a definition as I could give or example. If you play, so they play 162 games. Mm-hmm. If they were to play 81 games, they'd get half of their original agreed upon salary. Sure. So that's Makes as sense to simple me. as I could possibly make it. Uh, but their first official proposal uh, involved massive pay cuts um, that were not fully prorated at all. Under the proposal, a player making say 35 million would make 7.8 million. Quite a pay cut. Slashed it. I mean, seven point eight million is a lot of money, but when you agree to thirty five million dollars, slashed it like an eighties horror film. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a big fan of the slasher uh, movies, aren't you? That yeah, genre. I don't mind, yeah. Um, I think every single new Halloween movie that comes out, you're like the first in line to. Uh, I've never watched one in theaters. Never I, watched I one in theaters, but comes out out. But but I remember, I, I just know that is your top movie. If it comes out, and anything else is on, you're gonna watch a Halloween movie. I like the franchise. But Even in the middle of June, you'd watch a Halloween movie over anything. No, I wouldn't go that far, Josh. Now you're just kind of... I took it too far. Yes, you did. A player making $10 million <laughs> would only make $2.9 million. A player making $1 million would make 434000 Uh The players were rightfully ticked off um, at this. And, um, you know, unfortunately, if it were to go... To a vote, which it, this proposal would have never gone to a vote um, with the Players Association. But if it did, it probably would have passed because there's far more players making, you know, $5 million and less than there are the above that. Boys, yeah. So they're making out pretty sure. well where the guys making sure. a ton of money were not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but luckily, they're not um, going it, to go to a vote. It would be interesting. I think you would see some guys who truly love the game mm-hmm. and some guys who maybe – like the game, but are in more of in it for the money. If right. that makes sense, right. I, maybe that didn't um, come out for a while. But no, I understand what you're I, saying. It was just been interesting to me. Like Mike Trout seems like a guy he's making tons of money, but he, he would play. loves the game of yeah. baseball. Bryce Harper seems like nah, I want the money. Seriously, I'd think the exact opposite uh, with him. Well, Blake Snell definitely. Yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> definitely. he he, uh, yeah. he wants. His, maybe that's uh, why I thought cash. Harper because he um, agreed with what Snell said. But yeah, yeah um, most of these guys who play baseball. Love the game yeah, of baseball. I would agree with that. Um, there's a funny story, kind of going a little off track, but Lin- old Lindy Dykstra, you remember him with the mm-hmm. uh, Phillies and Mets? Well, I, I forget what player asked him. Um, he, he was like a rookie or second-year guy, and one of his teammates, uh, they, they were supposed to face Steve Carlton, who's one of the best pitchers of all time, Hall of Famer. Uh, one of his teammates says, so you nervous to uh, face Steve Carlton for the first time? Lindy Dykstra goes, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so that kind of tells you all you need to know about Lenny Dykstra. But, yeah, I, uh, I 100% understand what you're saying. Um, Glad somebody does. It's rare for somebody to understand what Tanner's saying. Yeah, it really is. But MLB uh, Players Association um, counteroffered 114-game schedule, which MLB was only willing to go like 81 uh, games for that other proposal. Uh, June 30th through October 31st, full prorated salaries. So I don't even want to do the math on that one. Um, Don't look at me for anything. (laughs) Two years of expanded playoffs uh, and opt out for players if they don't feel comfortable enough playing during the pandemic, which is fine. Uh, But MLB now intends to propose full prorated salaries, which is great. uh, But they uh, will propose a much shorter season somewhere in the uh, ballpark, like 50 games, which at that point – it's not even a legitimate season. No. Um, Man, that would stink if you're like a Rays fan and they get hot and they win it all. Right. But it's like. Um, the the thing, yeah, that really, 
whenever they start the season, if they only play like 81 games, it's still – feel weird because a team that's just not very good could be really good for a first half of the season do nothing the second half but they're in the playoffs uh, so it'd be interesting Uh, but it's not ideal but uh, at the very least it's kind of a start a starting point the fact the games would still be played at the home team's ballparks that's the plan um not the Arizona Florida plan no that yeah that that plan wasn't really feasible um but the fact that they're going are willing to go fully prorated salaries uh, hopefully means they'll be able to find sort of middle ground and we'll get baseball sometime in the next like four to six weeks. I think they'll kind of fold under the pressure. The owners will and bump it up to 81 to a hundred games. Um, but uh, there was a report last night that some owners are willing to cancel the yeah. season in order to save money. And uh, those owners need to sell the team. Um, if they are that strapped for cash, uh, care so little about the players and the sport, they shouldn't be owning, uh, major league or a professional sports franchise at all. Rob Manfred won't stand up to the owners. He's kind of worthless. Um, (laughs) And another thing of note, the Oakland A's have announced they're going to stop paying their minor leaguers a weekly stipend of $400 come starting today um, on June 1st, um, which their owner is worth 2 billion. And in this plan or in with, completely cutting off the stipend. There are roughly 200 players in a major league system. June, July, and August would cost about 5600 per player uh, to pay every minor leaguer. It would cost the A's just over $1 million. Yeah. The owner's worth $2 billion. Mm-hmm. And I understand he doesn't have $2 billion in cash. Um, but still, he's worth enough money where he can shell out a $1 million. Well, it just makes them look bad. Looks awful. I mean, and you got organizations like and i'm gonna bring them up because they're the only ones i've really seen on twitter the reds making sure everybody's paid right uh most people or most teams are the nationals said they were going to cut the stipend down from 400 to 300 dollars but then the outcry was so tremendous that they bumped it back up to 400 uh even some major league players even offered to help pay the minor leaguers out of their own pocket yes i did see that um david price is one of them yes um if they were to stop paying or cup pay to minor leaguers Uh, max scherzer was another um so the fact that the major league players are willing to do that out of their own pocket um the owners have to they have to come to an agreement come to their senses it would be catastrophic if they do not play a major league season it's trending towards 1994 again where that about Ended baseball as we well, know it, and then old Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire came along and saved And it. let's look at that. I'm glad you brought that up because now, unlike 1994, you you know, 94, you had cable. Cable was like, or, you know, was your one mm-hmm. source to watch sports. Now you can stream. There's so many other things you can do besides watching a ball right. game. And on top of that, you got these other sports who are coming back or have plans coming back. The, the NHL's got a plan. The MLB's. Or the NBA is getting close to a plan, or maybe they do have a plan. They just haven't really. And the NFL's looking like they're going to play this year in college sports. Soccer's back in Europe. Soccer's back. NASCAR's running. Uh, PGA next week's coming back. And then you got the MLB, who should have mm-hmm. been ahead of this thing from the beginning and capitalized on this when nobody had anything to watch. Right. It could have been big for the sport. And if, say, they don't have a season. It's going to like 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 me. I mean, Josh, the J Man over here is of course a diehard Cub and baseball fan. I like baseball, but I'm more of a casual fan. I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm not. 
I mean, I'm, I'm so much more a Purdue and Broncos fan. It's not even in the same category. But if baseball's not around, yeah, I mean, I'm bummed I can't watch a game now and then, but it doesn't affect me a ton. And what's going to bring me back into it if I, if I lose interest right. and not real affected by it? That's so. the thing. You might just lose those casual fans completely. You might drown them. You might drown might them out. Completely. And they might not come back. Yep. And that's where uh, Major League Baseball's at because the mm-hmm. owners are being uh, incredibly selfish and greedy. And um, the NBA is such a player's league. They're yes. doing yes. anything in their power to get back. The NHL, same thing. Mm-hmm. The NFL is in a great spot because they didn't have to worry they about anything. Just sit back really, and watch. The, the only thing was the NFL draft. And, and I thought that went out on, fine. Went out, yep. went great. Yep. Um, yep. You're exactly right. And they have, you know, two months until camp start, a month and a half until yep. camp starts. So yep. they can uh, – Wait and see what other people are doing. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like the owners are willing to even – I mean, sure, they're doing the prorated thing. No. Um, but still, if they're thinking a 50-game season is going to be worth it, it's not. Yeah. Um, I mean, how would you feel if there's a 50-game season and the Cubs win it all? I'd act like it's the greatest World Series win of okay. all time. <laughs> but but uh, say the Cardinals win, the season's a sham. Yes. Um, Reds. But no, I yeah, Reds especially. You know, my um, feeling coming into each podcast is just to make our friend Andrew Eiler mad. So Reds stink. They're not, they spend a ton of money for no reason. Um, and they have no shot at winning the World Series anyway. So uh, there you go, Andrew. I'm not going to say anything, Andrew. So. <laughs> But um, I, forgot, I completely forgot where I was going with that. Um, but, no, if Cubs were to win a World Series, it wouldn't feel nearly the same. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But it'll be interesting to see what this, uh, how this transpires because you missed your book at Prediction. I did. You thought by tonight or by today they would have something there to were, dream out. There were good vibes this time last week and then come, I think it was Wednesday is when everything broke. It was all. In the crapper, yep. and I'm now I'm feeling more discouraged, and even thinking for the first time there's a possibility we might not get a season for the first time. I'm thinking this, uh, but there is still optimism in baseball circles that a season's gonna get played just because they can't afford to not have a season. So I think the owners will eventually crack under the pressure, public outcry. And uh, do what's right, which they should have been. I mean, honestly, they they could be having preseason spring training yeah. stuff right now. Yeah, you know, so that probably should have been the plan. Should have been, honestly. And say they um, this proposal that the MLB Players Association proposed, which it's not going to happen because 114 game schedule is a lot, and they will probably have to cut it down to 90 or so. Um, but if they want the season to start June 30th. They almost have to start. They almost have to go back to their ballparks tomorrow in order to uh, get ready. So be interesting. Yep. Yep. And we'll try to keep you up to date mm-hmm. uh, if anything trans- transpires from Monday to Monday. Yes. So you done talking about baseball or do you got anything else? No, I'm done. Anything? I'm You're more exhausted. I'm exhausted by it. Exhausted. Well, a lot of college campuses are bringing their, at least their um, fall athletes mm-hmm. back on campus uh, this week. Uh, voluntary workouts are set to begin, I think, almost any time now. Now, Purdue's athletes, I think, are coming back on the third, and then voluntary workouts are starting on the eighth for the football team. So, Vol- Voluntary is an interesting yeah, it is. word because uh, 
I mean, they're voluntary, yeah. but are they truly you voluntary? Pro- you you know? probably should be there. If not, yeah, you might not have a chance good, to play. But. Which, which isn't – I mean, it's not great for the players because they're put in a really bad spot then if they don't feel comfortable yeah. being around that many yeah. people. And if they're going to be punished by it, um, it's not fair at all. Yeah. But uh, I guess that's the way, <laughs> that's the way it uh, is. But I think July – I think I don't know if it's been approved or talked about. I think it maybe just talked about in July. Got to be the mandatory stuff's going to be in July, like no early idea. July. Um, I have, but anyway, kind of put out college college football so far. Well, we're about to talk about it. Oh, I so, know, it's, uh, but uh, I did a little bit of research here. But um, ESPN had a really good article today. That I thought it was interesting. I wanted to talk about. It was uh, headline: Life after Joe Burrow and Tua. Our top college football quarterback questions. Um, I mean, you have to, I mean, Joe Burrow had well, the greatest season of all time. Yeah, and maybe. that's who they lead off with. They said, who will have the pressure of following Joe Burrow's all-time season at LSU? And they bring up a few guys. They talk about Miles Brennan. He'll yes. get first dibs on the starting job. He's from Mississippi. Redshirt Jr., uh, 42 for 70, two touchdowns in his career. Former top 250 national recruit, and he was the primary backup to Burrow last year. His family owns uh, legendary New Orleans restaurants, such as Commander's Palace, where Emerald yeah, both sir, was a chef at one time. I've uh, never been to New Orleans, so I don't have any point I, of, I'm point it of right reference. Here. And Mr. B's Bistro Sounds is another amazing. One. So he, they say he understands the pressure of a family name. Um, so he'll, he'll get first crack at it. Then you got Georgia, who's going to replace Jake Fromm. A grad transfer from Wake Forest coming in, Jamie Newman. He threw for uh, 2,868 yards, 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and ran for 574 yards and six touchdowns last year. He's a dual-threat guy. Todd Monken's the new offensive coordinator. Interesting. For the uh, He was former uh, office coordinator at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to be uh, office coordinator for the first time since he was at Oklahoma State in 2011-2012. They put up a ton of points at Oklahoma State. It's their State third Third new offense coordinator in the last three seasons, Georgia. Huh. Alabama's kind of doing the same deal. It seems like every year they have a new one. But yeah, Jamie Newman, like you said, grad transfer from Wake Forest. Um, he was second in the ACC in total offense. Yep. So, um, they did get JT Daniels from US, USC. Just announced his transfer to Georgia as well. I didn't realize he was transferring. He started at USC as a freshman. And Last year? He has three years of eligibility. But he's got to get a waiver if he's got to be eligible this season. I did not know he transferred because he was really good for mm-hmm. USC last year. Yep. Then you got a Shea, uh, Shea, Pe- Shea Patterson at Michigan. It looks like that will be uh, probably Dylan McCaffrey. He was the backup to Patterson last year. But it could also be uh, junior Joel Mil- Milton. But he was three of seven last year for 59 yards and a touchdown. Small sample. So probably McCaffrey. Those McCaffreys, man, it's a pretty athletic family. Yeah, you got uh, you got uh, Christian, of course, who's an All Pro. Uh, Luke, he's a sophomore quarterback, in Nebraska. And then Max was a at wide receiver at Duke. Duke, and then of course Ed was a wide receiver for three Super Bowls with the, with the uh, Broncos and the Niners. The mom was a soccer player at Stanford, and I believe one of the grandpas was an Olympic You're correct. sprinter or long distance. Talk runner. about athletic family. Yeah. Um, this isn't a, you know, who's going to fill whose shoes, but I've been reading a lot about this guy. Um, ever since the draft ended, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to next year's draft because I like the mock drafts and I got to do good next year. And that is Trey Lance from North Dakota State. 
He was a redshirt freshman last year, and he set an NCAA record for most passing attempts, 287 without an interception. I have seen him listed as a mm-hmm. top five overall prospect. Threw um, for 2,786 yards with 28 touchdowns, rushed for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. I think without a doubt he will be the best North Dakota State quarterback to ever play in the NFL. I'm, I'm going to let you uh, have that one because if I say something, my phone's <laughs> going to go off with Mr. Eric Lee uh, being mad at me for uh, saying something bad about Carson Wentz. So, And then I like this headline, who's the next superstar at Oklahoma? Seems like just next man up. Yeah, because you had Jalen Hurts, who followed Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um but it looks like Spencer Rattler. Yes. He was uh, ESPN's number one dual threat quarterback in the class of 2019. He was a top 15 recruit in the nation. Um, it sounds like it's going to be an open competition. I was kind of doing some – I was reading through some Oklahoma blog blogs, and uh, the backup last year, Tanner Mordecai, who's a redshirt sophomore. Great backed, first name. Backed up uh, old Jalen last year. Threw for 207 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but Spencer Radler, he uh, redshirted last year, and as I said, top 15 recruit in the nation in 2019. So get this: Radler already has 28 to one Heisman odds. Murray started at 40 to one. <laughs> Just keep pumping them out, don't they? Can Mac Jones keep Alabama's offense humming? He was really good into his absence. Threw 14 touchdowns and three interceptions uh, last year, um, and looked pretty good doing it. But uh, I wouldn't say he is a two alike. Uh, quarterback what will life be like after justin herbert at oregon uh well the guy who looks like the the shoe in for uh the starting job is tyler shaw yep shuff i don't know how to pronounce i think shaw i I would say Um, he's a former top 150 recruit was the backup to herbert last year through 12 for 15 144 yards and three touchdowns i I wouldn't say he's quite a shoe in because they do have anthony brown Who's a grad transfer from, from Boston, Boston College? Boston College, yes, but um, he's most likely by I don't know about sure. Um, Mario Cristobal announced him QB one um, after spring ball. He hired Joe Moorhead. Interesting, former his, um, Penn State offensive coordinator and Mississippi State uh, head coach. Head coach, yep. yeah. Which I thought it was weird. He got fired. I I think there were kind of some behind the scenes. Yeah, because it's like what are issues. the expectations at Mississippi State? But then they went and hired good old Mike Leach. Mike Leach. <laughs> so I mean yeah. we'll see speaking of Mike Leach will KJ Costello graduate or grad transfer from Stanford get his offense up to speed in year one KJ Costello wasn't very good at Stanford uh, they struggled putting up points but um, maybe it'll be interesting is he a system fit it'll be tough for like a year or two because obviously these players Leach didn't recruit it or didn't recruit, and uh, Leach has a very particular system where they just throw the ball a bunch. Um, so it'll be interesting because he wasn't – he kind of came from a pro style in Stanford. They like to yeah. run the ball a bunch, and so his career, which isn't really a pro style anymore. His career highs and it came in 2018 season. He had 3,540 yards and 29 touchdowns. I guess he's pretty good. Every Washington State quarterback since 2013 posted higher passing totals in both categories including Anthony Gordon, who threw for 5,579 yards and 48 touchdowns last season. As a first-year starter. Yes. So we'll see. Who did all um, Washington State high? I think they just promoted. I think they just um, promoted within. Within. So did Washington, I want to say, because Chris Peterson retired, shockingly. Uh, can John Rise Plumley give Ole Miss some spark? Lane Kiffin, inherited solid quarterback. 
I think he was a true freshman last year too, Plumley. Yeah, but he had a QBR of uh, 60 and ran for 970 yards in just eight starts last year. Man, that SEC is going to be fun. You have Mike Leach, Nick Saban, um, Lane, Lane Kiffin. And Kiffin hired UCF offense coordinator Jeff Laby, who was a former R. Bryles assistant at Baylor. So I don't think any of those Baylor guys deserve to get a no, big time I don't, I don't Division one job. Either. And uh, another another good question here. Can uh, uh, De'Ara, De'Ara King. King. Yeah. Thank you, De'Ara King, bring some excitement back to the U. My Hurricanes. Transferring um, from Houston. Was he good at Houston? Because Houston was good. I don't. Was he the starter at Houston? His streak of consecutive games with both a rushing and passing touchdown reached very 15, good. which broke Tim Tebow's FBS record. What I'm hearing is he's better than Tim Tebow. No. Um, the U needs some excitement. Uh, f- fan support is porous yeah. down there. It was um, good a couple of years ago. They're extreme bandwagon. They're much like Dolphin fans in that yeah. sense where, I mean, fan atten- uh, fan support's not terrible for the Dolphins. It was bad, it was bad last year. Yeah. But when they're good, it's real good, and um, it's kind of the same with Miami. And the last one they have here, what will Washington's offense look like after Jacob Eason? I honestly have no idea. It looks like they have uh, sophomore Jacob Sermon, redshirt freshman Dylan Morris, and true freshman Ethan Garbers all fighting for playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, brand new offense. Um, former defense coordinator Jimmy Lake mm-hmm. took over and, and hired Jacksonville Jaguars assistant John Donovan, Frank James Franklin's former offense coordinator at Vanderbilt and Penn State to run an aggressive pro-style offense. Hmm. I forgot Chris Peters if, is not there anymore. Yeah, I literally just mentioned mm. it two minutes ago. I was <laughs> tuning you out. I want to say James Franklin's offense were not good under him. That could just be me thinking that for some reason, for no reason at all. But uh, Jake Eason went to the Colts, didn't he? Yes. Fourth yep. fourth round, I believe. Yep. So. Yep, he went before Jake Fromm. A couple, I think two quarterbacks before Jake Fromm. Where'd Fromm end up Buffalo. going? Buffalo. That's right. Yeah, there was another guy I'd barely ever heard of that went right before Fromm. I don't remember who that was. Um, there was another in- interesting article on ESPN under their college football section that talked about some of the most controversial calls in college football history. Uh, the main one was Miami against Ohio State with the uh, pass interference call when it was 24-17 Miami on fourth and three in overtime. Yeah, um, I don't think it was pass interference, but it's pretty close. But I don't think you call that pass interference is so subjective. Well, if if you're going to call that same thing in the regular season, why wouldn't you yeah. call it in the national championship? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like you consistent. don't call it that late in games at all if it's that close. You should though. If if it's actually pass interference, you probably should call it. If it is actually but, pass interference, um, yes. But was it? It was <laughs> how 18, 17 years ago. Yeah, because um, if Miami won that. They would have joined Alabama in 78-79 and Nebraska in 94-95 as the only schools in the past 35 years to win consecutive national titles. The hmm. dynasty would have been back. Yeah, and that uh, Miami defense was loaded. That whole team, yeah. that, that might have been the most talent-laden college football team of all time. Um, oh, it was this, this year's LSU team was loaded. 
Uh, but I think a lot of it, no one was really talking about him coming into the year, and they had a great year. So I think a lot of it was just kind of one-year stuff because they won the title. Alabama's obviously always loaded. But. Some of the other ones, this one guy brings up, he brings up Colorado's five downs in 1999. Yes, that was one. Nebraska's flea, f- a flea kicker, it says, against uh, Missouri in 1997. I don't really know don't what he's talking about that there. Is. Oregon's onside kick against Oklahoma in 2006. Don't remember that one. Central Michigan's extra down against Oklahoma State in 2016. Yes, they ended up winning on a Hail Mary. Yep. Um, I remember that one. Uh, there was a big controversial call in the uh, Clemson-Ohio State playoff game last year. Yep. Um, was it a fumble? I don't actually remember the specifics. I want to say Clemson or, – or, or they blew them – they blew it dead, but Clemson had clearly fumbled, and they picked it up and ran it back for mm-hmm. a touchdown or something like mm-hmm. that. But after review, they couldn't overturn because mm-hmm. the they blew the whistle. Um, yes. So another one that wasn't on here. How about the Bush push? That was controversial at the time. Now you can do it. Yeah. I mean, who cares? Yeah. But back then, that uh, you couldn't. But do I that. mean, it wasn't like they threw a flag or anything. They just let it go. Right. I mean, that but that was controversial because you technically weren't supposed to come and help uh, players for a progression at the time. But. but you can't now. I mean, I've seen offensive linemen pick their teammates <laughs> oh, up, yeah. carry them in. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why that changed. but Does a little bit of controversy hurt or help the um, how a classic game like that's viewed, do you think? That's a good question. I wish you would ask. Or really, just in sports in general. Three days ago. Controversial. Um, if a team's getting, like, screwed over – I think it hurts because you want teams to obviously get a fair shake at it. Um, that's interesting. That's an interesting question, though. No. Yeah. What do you think? I think it. I think it adds to the classic part of the game. It, it cements sure. it in history. And people remember controversial calls more than they do just. And normal. people that are neutral fans might be watching that old replay of the game just for that moment. Yeah. If you're uh, a Non-Cub fan, you're watching the 03 Game 6 to see the Barkman incident. That's, you know, that's a very good point because I don't think I've watched that. I've Sure, I've seen the play since, but uh, I tried to avoid it at all costs, mm-hmm. and it was 17 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I mean, this wasn't controversial, but I still can't watch Rajay Davis hit the two-run oh, I get it. tie it. You I, know, the Cubs won the game. I still can't do it. Yeah, well... Yeah, that's a little different for me. Usually it's when my teams lose. Right. But if they win, I could still uh, go back and watch it. But I, I just remember how I was feeling in that yeah. moment. I don't ever want to feel that way again. Um, I bet you will watch it someday, though. Oh, I've seen it many times, but I just don't like it. Just don't like yeah. it. And I, tr- I changed the channel or I watch a lot of I've been watching a lot of like old baseball highlights. And uh, that is one that's shown a bunch. Yeah, I'm getting YouTube tired of watching I, old uh, sports highlights. I fast forward Ready through for some live sports. Um, but that is a very good point. Um, I would not willingly watch the uh, Bartman yeah. thing where other people would. And as I said, I think people remember that kind of controversial play. The first one that comes to mind was the fail Mary or the the Hail Mary and against um, it was the Seahawks and Packers. What oh, was that yeah, called? Yeah, what, what, yeah. Was that the fail Mary? Yeah, the Monday That's what night I thought. game. The Monday night. Yeah. Fail Mary. Uh, that was a regular season game in like September, and we're still talking about it because of the, uh, repl- the replacement refs because they were on strike. And I'll never forget the next day I had, uh, I think it was a history of uh, 
Western Asia class or, or something like that. Honest, that just sounds like a it, it was one of those class. classes I had to take, like uh-huh. how my major was broken up. You had to take a class in certain category. And I was sitting next to Ryan Smith, a uh, Purdue basketball player at the time, big Packer fan, big Cub fan too, big Packer fan. It was the very next day, and he's sitting right next to me. And I look over to him, like, rough game last night. We're not talking about that. <laughs> All right, good talk. I hated so, Ryan Smith, the basketball so didn't, player. Didn't bring him up. Didn't bring it up, uh, but uh, I remember seeing him on campus one time during opening day, and he was head to toe in cubby blue. I remember you saying he was yeah. a Cubs fan. Uh, that yep. doesn't make up for the nope. fact that he was uh, an Illinois killer. He was an Illinois killer, and um, I hate him for that. <laughs> but yeah, I'll just never forget that. Just oh, a tough game last night. Yeah, we're not talking about that. <laughs> All right. You know, if it happened to any other franchise besides a franchise like the Patriots or Cowboys. Um, I wouldn't care, but the fact that happened to the Green Bay Packers was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I remember seen watching in my that life. game. I, would, I, I watched it live, yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, controversial calls like that. They are remembered a lot they more. Are. They are. So. And, and, and crazy finishes like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting to kind of take a look back on. Good stuff. About 15 minutes left here. Uh, what else you got? Well, actually, before we get. Uh, going forward i saw this thing on twitter i think you participated in it like back in march a guy put out like first stadium last stadium best and oh, worst yeah you want to go through that real quick sure so my first stadium i ever went to was wrigley field uh back in uh 95 or 96 uh, my dad and i met my grandfather my mom's dad at wrigley and back then attendance was so bad right after the strike which we mentioned this that my grandpa was able to park across the street at the McDonald's. Don't think that would happen anymore. Well, I think the McDonald's torn down for oh, a while. Oh, well, don't, <laughs> but, don't um, think that would happen anymore. You could not park there anymore, uh, probably after that year. Uh, he got ended up getting parked in, and I want to say he was parked in for like over an hour before he could even get out of the spot wow. after the game. So that's <laughs> pretty bad. What was your first stadium you went to? I believe it was ross H Stadium and a quarterback named Drew Brees' first home start against Rice Ooh. University. Who's that? In 1998. I would have been six years old, I believe. That's the first memory I have of going to a game, at least. So I'm going to stick with that one. Our last stadiums are the same. Yes, uh, Mackey Arena. Mackey Arena. I saw Michigan go in there and win. You saw Rutgers, Rutgers going in and win. Yeah. Um, was Man. The, that, that was rough, wasn't yeah, it? was. That was a great game. Because Purdue Baker just won at Iowa uh-huh. earlier that week. Feeling pretty good. Knew they needed a win and maybe a couple in the Big Ten uh-huh. tournament. Then they dropped that one. Well, there goes all that work for nothing. <laughs> Overtime uh, win. Geo Baker was incredible. Eric Hunter yeah. missed a free throw. Yeah, yeah, would have won, won the game. Won. Probably won yeah. the game unless how Gio was shooting, he might have made a half quarter. Yeah. Now, what's the best arena slash stadium? Uh, when I did this, I said um, Empower Field, which is the new name for uh, the Broncos Stadium, because I, I really enjoy that one. I've been out there six times, and really, I haven't been to a ton of really neat stadiums. So I'm gonna just gonna stick with that one. Madison Square Garden. You know, that was cool as far as from a historical mm-hmm. standpoint, but. The lighting's really weird in there, and uh, like the court itself, just the court. It's but, a basketball. But court. as far as a historical, I'm. I mean, that's was a bucket list of mine, mm-hmm. and, and I, I think you need to go there if you get get the chance. But that's a good one. I kind of forgot about that. I said PNC Park uh, a little Heard bit. That's of, a really uh, cool one. It's it's gorgeous, right on the Allegheny River. Great amenities, great food, beer selection. Um, just a really cool river walk down there. We walked across that yellow bridge. Mm-hmm. You always see on TV the. Uh, Clemente Bridge, I believe it is. Uh, so that's probably the best. Um, 
I went baseball for some reason, but I really love Hard Rock Stadium and think think it's great. Yeah, you've you've mentioned that a couple times. Miami podcasts. and Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Uh, I've heard good Patriots things about that one too. Insane. Uh, so. It's still on my bucket list to get to every NFL stadium, but I got a ways to go. I I've only been to five, six, five, mm. I think. To see a game, yeah, been? yeah. Because okay. like I've been into Lucas Oil for the Combine. Oh yeah. But that was that was the first time you've ever been there. Uh-huh. I don't know. It was it was nice. It is nice. Uh, I hate watching I my team in, play there because they never win. But I was in the old RCA dome uh, a couple that, times. Oh, I forgot about that uh, one on my list. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I've also been to five RCA you've been, domes. Because we've both Cincinnati, been to Cincinnati. I've been to uh, Cleveland. Gillette Stadium. I've been to Baltimore, Miami, St. Louis, Denver. Yeah. Uh, um, the worst field you've St. Louis, St. Louis. Edward Jones Dome, yeah. and they killed the Broncos. That was a bad Rams team, and I thought Emmanuel I Sanders died. I remember during that one. the game, and Peyton threw three or four picks, and but that place was half Bronco fans, and the, their fans didn't care. I mean, it was just a generic dome. Like mm-hmm. I thought it'd be cool to go around and see historical things of the greatest show on turf, and there wasn't really anything. It was like. That's one of the you knew they were leaving. You knew they were leaving, right? So, and that is one of the few baseball towns. Yeah, um, they've more, even had a Stanley more Cup than anything else, and, right? Yeah. More, more than anything else, because no most most places are football towns, yep. NFL, right. NFL towns. Good point. Uh, St. Louis. Uh, my worst Tropicana Field. I've heard awful things about that. Uh, you've never been there? No. Uh, where the Rays play? It's, in, it's actually in St. Petersburg. I have no desire to go watch uh, an indoor baseball. Well, it's, it's take not that back. Rays. Some of the indoor places are kind of nice. Or the retractable uh, roof ones like Miller Park. I've been to Miller Park. I've been to Chase Field in Arizona. What's Houston? Is that Minute Maid Park? Uh, that is Minute Maid. It used to be Enron Field, but uh, they had some bad things happen. Mm. But um, yeah, Tropicana just doesn't look like a fun place to watch a game. It's not. They need to tear it down and start over. But when we went, we went in like 2004 and 2006. Went in 2004. Rays were the worst team in baseball, playing the second worst team in baseball the Kansas City Royals at the time uh, Mike Sweeney was um, oh wow the Royals best player Joe Randa was probably their second best player uh, but the Rays were really bad and it was me my dad my mom and my sister we got into the ballpark second row down the uh, left field line 34 bucks total it was a buy one get one free <laughs> uh, the announced attendance was like 8500 that's awful uh, that was a real bad one that is just that's real bad. <laughs> wow. Trying to think of some other ones. I, I have a list here of worst stadium atmospheres, which Tropicana Field's one of them. Angel Stadium in Anaheim went oh, yeah, told there a year ago. It would have been like Wednesday, a year ago, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, they have the best player in baseball, but it felt like we were watching a game at a minor league stadium. Chase Field in Arizona. feels like oh. you're watching a uh, – the field's nice, but it feels like you're watching a game and um, – and, airplane hangar uh no offense ross eight stadium because i've i've seen some really bad purdue teams play there and yeah. it's not great at least that game against missouri that was a really was a good, good game but um and yeah. the next one the hazel Ma- years was bad memorial stadium in champagne it's not good either yeah i've been there um, twice yeah it was a great atmosphere when they played like north carolina in arizona state mm. but other than that it's just garbage they haven't been good much like purdue they haven't been good in a long time and the atmosphere is just not very good yeah no offense I'm hoping the new Jumbotron adds to the atmosphere. Think you think huge. it will? Things huge. Won't hurt. But I saw it looks huge. I mean, they had really cool plans to redo the stadium here soon, but that's kind of been put on hold. It might not even happen now because of everything. Yeah. So, but um, most of the places, Value City Arena, great, nice arena. Atmosphere's terrible. 
for the Buckeyes. It's kind of an NBA. Oh, it is. It holds like 19,000. They just don't care. That's football school. They were number one in the country that night. Played the number 10 team in the country. <laughs> they just didn't care. No, nah, the fans showed up like halfway through the first half. I'm trying to think of some other, but I hated, hated Baltimore. Hmm. This football, I just didn't like the stadium. Atmosphere wasn't great. Of course, they were up 40 nothing at the 10-minute mark of the second quarter, it felt like, <laughs> against the Dolphins. Uh, didn't like the city either. No yeah. offense to anyone who lives in Baltimore. Huh. Um, didn't like that one. Never been to Cleveland. For a game. Yeah, I'm amazed you've never been to the White Sox Park. Never been there. I really am. Never really had any desire. I'm surprised you haven't been to a Cup Sox game, though. That is kind of surprising. I've been past. You've been to St. Louis? At Bush you've been, Stadium. Yeah, you've been there. Yeah, the atmosphere is great yeah. there, um, which I have another list, top 10 list of we'll stadiums ranked get that. atmosphere yeah. wise. We'll get that to Got to save time. some for another filler some other day. Yeah. I see a headline here on ESPN uh, Deshaun Jackson. If no fans. Can attend NFL games. Players should be mic'd. I would love that. I think cool. I think they should be mic'd anyway. That'd be cool. We get a lot of good content when people and players are mic'd up. I wonder how this is going to affect like hard knocks. Yeah, because it's supposed to be LA with two teams this year. Is that what Rams it is? and Chargers. Rams yeah. again because the new stadium. And Char- Oh, it's because of the new new stadium. I was yeah, rooting. That's why I was rooting for Oakland, man. Oh, there was Oakland last year. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't hold off. They blew it last year doing um, it. Yeah. Who? What were some other teams? The Broncos Steelers could not been. refuse. Steelers could have been. The Steelers couldn't refuse either. Um, Clemson leading wide receiver Justin Ross to miss 2020 season due to neck and spinal issue. That's not good. He was like a top. There goes a top target for Lawrence. He was the first projected first-round pick, too. Yep. They'll still be really good, but that's not good. For and we got a few minutes before the birdie bogey, and since we <laughs> talk a lot of Big Ten, I want to bring this up real quick. Uh, CBS Sports did a Big Ten strength of schedule rankings. I saw Ohio State was ranked 10th. Imagine that. I'm surprised. Michigan State's got the hardest. Good luck, Mel Tucker. Yeah, new coach. Uh, they play their non-conferences, uh, road trip to BYU, mm. home dates with Toledo and Miami, Florida, your Hurricanes. Go Canes! Number two is Maryland. Yikes, that ain't going to be They got a road trip against West Virginia. It's, it's going to be all West teams and then a bunch of East teams at the bottom. Well, pretty fun. Number three is uh, Michigan. Uh, they uh, open up on the road against Washington. Ooh. And they have Ball State and Arkansas State. So it's mainly just But their opening of conference play – Welcomes both Wisconsin and Penn State to Ann Arbor. Back and then they back. go at Minnesota, at Michigan State, at Minnesota. You hate to see it. Uh, Purdue's fourth. Uh, that's mainly because they go at Nebraska. Then they play Memphis Air Force, Memphis and Air Force at home, then at Boston College. That's kind of that's difficult. Yeah. Um, Iowa's fifth. Um, hate Iowa. Northern Iowa, Iowa State, and a MAC team. That's typical. Mm. MAC teams, Northern Illinois. And they usually play Northern Iowa and They Iowa do State. have back-to-back road games against Ohio State and Penn State, following a home game against Michigan State. Huh. Um, they also open conference play with a road game against Minnesota. Scott Frosty. But they get Northwestern, Nebraska, and Wisconsin all home. Nebraska sixth, um, Wisconsin seventh, Minnesota eighth, Penn State ninth, Ohio State tenth. Rutgers 11th, Indiana 12th, Northwestern 13. Your Illinois fighting the line. Oh, I'm Illinois fighting the line. Easiest 14. I know they have UConn. They at home. Non-conference games against Illinois State, UConn, and Bowling Green. I pray. And you get Ohio State 
from the Big Ten East as well as Rutgers and Indiana to balance it out. Indiana just won eight games. They did. Rutgers should be better. Yeah, give them a few years. They will be. Yeah. So. I kind of hate strength of schedule. Yeah, it means nothing. Because it means nothing. It changes you got you so play who you got to play. And, and you yeah. schedule them, especially in non-conference, well, you schedule them so far in advance. Especially when I see an NFL list, a strength of schedule, like right after the yeah. schedule is announced. It's pointless. It's teams just a change. good conversation going. Well, teams change yeah. so much from year to year. Some teams have won 14 sure. games the year before. will win six. Sure. It's just... Next week, I can get to Peter King uh, releasing power rankings today. I thought I thought he was off the mark on some, um, um, and not not who you think either. But uh, he did have the Dolphins one spot ahead of the ahead of the Broncos. I had a bone to pick with that. They're gonna be better. Uh, but uh, give me the birdie bogey again, um, please. Raiders first round pick Henry Ruggs was injured in a moving accident, but will be fine. Oh. So they started that off really terrible and uh, ended it up uh, a lot better. Um, Sorry, birdie bogey. Sorry, there have been two rookie NBA All Stars since 2000. Who are they? Or no, no, no. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two rookie NBA All Stars. Just rookie. I was thinking, huh? Well, the one guy I'm thinking of, I don't know if he's gonna. He's technically didn't play a game in his rookie year because he got hurt. But I'm going to go with him anyways because I think that next year, I think they count it as his rookie year because he won the rookie I can already year. tell you you are correct. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. Oh, man. Yeah, Blake Griffin, like, blew out his knee. Yeah, he did. It was his kneecap. Yeah, yeah the so, micro fracture. Because I remember that he got the Rookie of the Year award presented to him the next year, so that was obviously his rookie year, technically in his sophomore year. But... Um, other rookie to make the all-star game. There's only been two. Wow. I got a lot of guys that come to my mind. <laughs> One guy I want to say, I don't think he was very good his rookie year though, but then he went on to have a Hall of Fame career and he's retired already. Um, what conference did he play in? Not Majority down. of the time. Darn Not down. Darn it, darn it, darn it. Unless you want a par, if you get them both right. No, I'm trying. I just don't know. Man. I'm wrong, but I'm going to go Yao Ming. You are correct. Wow. that's. I didn't think he was very good as a rookie year. I don't know if oh he was. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm, really, I'm really happy I got those right. He probably got voted in. Yeah, because be um, I didn't think. All right. I'm going to see. That's a lot better. You are really down the dumps right now, I can tell, because I got him right. That was a lot better effort than I put forth last year. Yeah. Uh, he was last good. Week. As, last week. Last week. Uh, he was good as rookie year. 13 and a half points per game, eight rebounds, 1.8 blocks. he got blocks. so much better going um, on his career, of course. Yeah, he was, he he was had really a, good. He had a really short career because he was, he was really good, injured. Though. He, could, he could shoot for a 7-6 guy. He was an all-star every, seven, single, seven guy. every single year he played in the NBA. Oh, that's uh, his country played of yes um, so okay. he had two points in the all-star game his rookie year all right i got a birdie you did all right i am very actually good. i got two birdies tonight man i had three really good questions and you saw the first ones that's no. not my fault no. this one was now i got a great effort. i gotta get a good one for you next week because that was gonna be my question for you next week was the Billups one so i shouldn't have used it and then played it off like i hadn't <laughs> yeah, exactly. i would go with Dante Bellop. exactly like i said you would have <laughs> no i wouldn't have yeah you would have so 
Wrap us up there, J-Man, for episode 185 of the Tan and J-Man Show. Thanks for watching slash listening to the Tan and J-Man Show. Subscribe. Uh, subscribe. Give us a rating. Five star, preferably. Um, I used to say give us a one star rating. But, fives uh, help us get noticed. <laughs> fives help us get noticed. Um, we want to be noticed. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Noble Nome LLC, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, Aiden Travis Watching for Life, Home, <laughs> Auto, Renters, <laughs> Business, Workers, Comp, and Farm. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. Travis.watching at infb.com. That is the day man for the week. Um, and, um... Performer Printhouse, sponsored yes. on the space segment. In the um, damn landing, of course. In the damn landing, yes. So, uh, have a great rest of the week, everybody. Stay healthy. Stay sane, as Tanner likes to say. We'll see you next Monday.